Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Get them up, get them going. Why wouldn't you? It's the start of the NFL season tonight. We've got uh, the NFL back in the house. The 2023 NFL year opens tonight in Kansas City. We will preview and make all of our picks division by division. Who's going to the championship games in both conferences? Who's going to the Super Bowl? We will let you know our thoughts on that throughout the course of this five hours this morning. We'll take our time and... uh, dive into the National Football League. Won't forget the Texas-Alabama game. That's pretty big. That's coming up on Saturday. Now T-minus two days. We're from Nick Saban coming up as uh, his Crimson Tide prepare to host the Longhorns, number 11 against number three. It is the Longhorns' first trip on to on-campus in Tuscaloosa in 121 years. Oh, yeah, we'll preview that in the rest of the college football weekend. Also, holy humiliation, Batman. Arlington, Texas, the site of a destruction. The Houston Astros have sent a message to the Texas Rangers and the rest of Major League Baseball. Uh, what a beatdown that was again last night. We thought we'd get a pitcher's duel. We did not. The Astro bats continue to sizzle. Uh, we've also got some hoops to get to. It's uh, going to be a fun Thursday. We appreciate you being there. However you find us each and every morning as you rise and grind with us here on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rodby. We're right there for you on 101.9 FM, AM 1260, of course. Also streaming, making it easy to find us on that Horn app. Just download it to your smartphone and uh, tune us in wherever you are with the touch of a button. Uh, plug it into your phone or just uh, do it on your Bluetooth. You've got us right there also on our uh, YouTube channel. That's easy to find as well. That's YouTube.com at The Horn Austin. Just subscribe there and listen and watch all morning, all day long. And, of course, at our website at hornfm.com. Always can stream it there and watch the Twitch channel as well as we crank this thing up on a Thursday. It's going to be a fun one. And look who it is across the desk. As always, took the stairs and uh, got his steps in this morning. Probably got a jog in already. Four miles or so, making me look bad over here. He is uh, our shutdown corner on his side of the field. Uh, five hours a day, five days a week from DB High down in the 713. That'd be Lamar High School and DBU right here in the 512, the U of Texas. Four stops at different NFL zip codes. He is the lifetime Longhorn, the football theorist, or number 21 in your program, thanks to and in honor of Deion Sanders. But always number one in your heart. He's our man, Rod Babers. What's up, RB? I'm doing great. I appreciate the intro as always, my man. And like you, I'm feeling good. The NFL is upon us. Yeah, that's. I I grew up as an NFL fan. Actually, I became a college fan when I went to 
college. <laughs> I actually wasn't initially a college football fan. You know what's fan. funny about like, that? That's true for me, too, because yeah. uh, maybe it's because we both grew up in the city of Houston. Yeah, and exactly. There, there wasn't a lot. I mean, college football was, was there. It was and, there. But it was uh, the Oilers, the blue, and baby. Yeah. Oilers, Rockets, Astros. It was a pro town. It was a pro town. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a I was a pro guy. I grew up wanting to be a, well, wanted to be a professional wrestler first. But Really? Then, then, oh, the, that was the first dream. With Paul Bosch and Houston wrestling? Oh, the first dream. That's, Come on, man. Oh, I had several uh, personas ready to go you know black caesar was one of them black Keep caesar it. oh it's gonna be great it was i had a finishing move and everything i mean i had already what go was the finishing move can uh, you reel that it was yeah it was basically kind of a suplex slash pile driver type move yeah i mean it's <laughs> a little mix of it yeah i love uh, it yeah so uh, it, i had everything ready to go but then i you know had to give that dream up. I you could run too fast. I wanted to be the first uh, black, uh, you know, world champion of WWF. So I'm assuming when you were growing yeah. up in Houston watching uh, Paul Bosch wrestling, oh, yeah, because wrestling was also big in here. Thirty nine. Yeah, exactly. So Houston was, wrestling. Oh man, I was big. I was I was big into it. Man. Coco Beware was probably. Oh, your guy. I love them. I loved them all. Coco Beware was big back in the day. Loved. I mean, I was Hulkamaniac. Honestly, I actually wrote letters. Hulkamania. I wrote letters to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I actually got those. Yeah. You know, I don't know why. Now I'm ashamed of that because, uh, well, you know what? Hulk Hogan is a great American. It is, you know, the other guy. What's his name? Terry. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the one that's. Whatever his real name borderline is. Borderline race. <laughs> yeah. His uh, real guy. name. He's not a great Terry. American. He's not a great American. Uh, the, also, the great Americans are those who choose to serve. We all salute you every morning and we appreciate you, uh, whether it be God, country, or community. Uh, so many uh, in our community, they do choose to serve. It is a burden, uh, but also an honor. And uh, we want to make sure that we salute them this morning, whether it be first responders or nurses and teachers, uh, officers of the law, soldiers, of course. There are so many of you. We can't thank you all, but we really do appreciate you and want to throw that out there. That is absolutely true. Ty Henderson is through the glass. Ty, did you grow up watching wrestling at all in, in the great city of Austin? You're a lifer here in Austin, Texas. No, no, no wrestling. No wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because if you're from Dallas, you were watching the uh, the Von Erichs oh, and yeah, uh, exactly. the, that whole Dallas wrestling Before scene. Before everything got like consolidated. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Then, yeah. Because then it, mm-hmm. it was all regional. Yep, it was. Uh, exactly. It was all regional mm-hmm. in wrestling, and then it went huge, right, with the WWF oh, or whatever it was back WCW. in the day. WCW. Yeah, then yeah. it just became this monster, and it's still huge today, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of shut down the wrestling Oh, I did Ric Flair. Ooh. Still yeah. get the Ric Flair. Woo. Yeah, but it's it's much like the the rivalry between Dallas and Houston, and you know, in baseball and football and everywhere else. There was a wrestling rivalry too, right, between the Houston wrestling and the Dallas oh, area, yeah, the Von Erichs. No oh doubt. yeah, oh yeah, no question. That's good stuff yeah. right there. I uh, didn't I did not know that about you that you wanted to be a pro wrestler before you wanted to be a pro football player. That was the dream, man. That was the dream. That was the dream. I probably should have tried to pursue it afterwards. I was still young enough, but oh, I had I, so many injuries that I probably would have ended up. Yeah. Yeah, I like well, wrestling. Wrestling arguably bangs you up more than playing that football. That's very true. Great Those point. Those people Great just, point. just destroy <laughs> their bodies yeah, you're right. night That's by night. <laughs> yeah. Not, destroy. Yeah. yeah, my body was already destroyed. Probably not a wise industry to go into. This is probably the best. This is probably good for me. Where I can sit around and you know got a long shelf life. Because you're right, wrestlers. That's a hard life too. Ask my man Mark Henry. He's not an executive. He's at the executive level, I think. That's awesome. Mark Henry, we'll have to get him on that. He's, uh, uh, oh, he's yeah. one of the greatest of all time. He's a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Hall yeah, of man. Famer. Can't beat that. Our man Mark Henry, the strongest man in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to get him. He's the expert He's in, in multiple halls of fame. Yes, That's he how is. you know you're, you're truly a badass. When That's you're right. in multiple halls of fame. 
Yeah, I grew up <gasps> wanting to play third base for the Astros, but then quickly Astros. decided to get into uh, sports radio when there wasn't even sports radio. That's why it's cool because you are you basically did achieve your dream. Like you, this is your this was like so your you. second dream. Well, yeah, but yeah, you got just like I me. never played third base for the Astros, but but I never was a professional wrestler. That's right. But my second dream was to be a yeah, uh, pro yeah. football player. Your second dream and was I want to be a sports radio show host and. You, here man, we go. Accomplished Here it. we go. Good for you. Here we go, Love man. It, brother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> living the dream. And, uh, you are literally living the dream. Well, you know what? Ty did too. Ty wanted to be a pro gambler. He's a pro gambler. <laughs> that is true. No, <laughs> I always thought I was going to play defensive line at SMU at one point. That was oh, really? Oh, see, there you go. Hey, ponies are going to Oklahoma this weekend. Mm-hmm. Watch out! Watch out! Ponies hit that transfer portal hard this past offseason. That game could be closer oh, than you think. That yeah. game could be Brett Lash. That game could be closer than you think. It could mind. be, or it could be a blowout because o- the, the world is treating Oklahoma that it's a different it's a it's a different culture around there. That Brett Venables has got hands on that defense, like he's all up in that deep. All right, He's all got? up in that D. Let's talk some football. Let's <laughs> all up in that. Blowing it going. All right, let's get to the uh, headlines <laughs> of your Thursday morning. It includes a big commitment for the Longhorns and, of course, the big game coming Ooh, on Saturday. Let's right. get it. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Start with the Longhorns. Texas football now two days away from the game of the week in college football, one of the games of the year in college football. Number 11, Texas traveling to face third-ranked Alabama. Texas owns a 7-2-1 all-time record against the Tide. But Saturday's matchup, will be their first on-campus meeting in Tuscaloosa between the two college football Blue Bloods since their first ever meeting back in 1902. Crimson Tide haven't lost a game at home since 2019. Back coach Nick Saban knows his team is in for a battle on Saturday night. Texas, you know, I think everybody knows Sark is a really good coach. They've got a really good team. They've got a veteran team returning with, you know, 10 starters on offense, six on defense. Really good skilled players on offense. Really good quarterback. Can throw the ball effectively. They make a lot of explosive plays. You know, Worthy's an outstanding receiver. They've got good running backs. they got a really good tight end. Uh, they're very good on defense. They play really good up front, physical. They played extremely well in the first game. They were excellent on special teams. So uh, this is a really good team all the way around, and it's going to be an opportunity for our team to sort of, you know, where are we as a team? Game kicks at 6 o'clock Saturday evening. Our pregame coverage here on the Horn goes live at 3.30 from the Fieldhouse at the Crossover out in Cedar Park and live on the Horn. Big recruiting win for the Longhorns yesterday up at Allen High School in the Metroplex where four-star defensive end Zena Umeo-Zulu committed to the Longhorns, further bolstering the defensive line class that now sits at five members. The 6'4", 225-pounder is the younger brother of current Texas offensive lineman Nato Umeo-Zulu. He picked the Longhorns over Oklahoma and Texas A&M after making official official visits to all three schools back in June. 2023 NFL regular season kicks off tonight in Kansas City. Defending champion Chiefs will hoist their Super Bowl banner and then defend home turf against the upstart Lions. Lions went 9-8 and eight last season, but won nine, eight of their last ten. Nearly snuck into the playoffs after a bad start. Plenty of questions for KC to start the new year. Star defensive tackle Chris Jones still in a contract holdout. And also the health of all-pro tight end Travis Kelsey. Hyper extended his knee in practice on Tuesday. He's officially been listed as questionable. They're apparently going to try him out before the game and make it a game-time decision. No more holdout in San Francisco. After 43 days, the 49ers and defensive end Nick Boza have come to an agreement on a new five-year mega contract, $170 million extension. It makes the NFL sack leader a season ago the highest-paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Major League Baseball, holy beatdown. The Houston Astros finished off a dominating three-game sweep of the Texas Rangers last night in Arlington, 12-3 this time. Houston hit five more home runs last night, including a grand slam and a three-run homer 
from Jose Abreu. They crushed 16 home runs in the series. That's the most ever in a three-game span. They outscored the Rangers 39-10 in the final head-to-head matchup of the regular season. Astros now lead the AL West by a game over the Mariners. They're three up on Texas, who now trails Toronto by a half game for the final wildcard spot in the American League. Also last night, Round Rock lost at El Paso 8-6. In basketball, Kim Mulkey, who led LSU's women's basketball team to the NCAA title in April, has agreed terms on a new 10-year contract with LSU worth $32 million. And Rodney Terry and the Longhorns announced yesterday that the Horns will host Coach Terry's alma mater. St. Edwards in an exhibition game on Monday, October 30th at the Moody Center. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Now, we're going to make our NFL picks today, correct? Yeah, man. We're going to make our picks? Today, let's put it on the, put it on the board. All right, we got to get, yeah, get that out there. Yeah, so, we were so going to do- Playoffs, Super Bowl, all that. Yeah, division winners. Yeah, let's let's go. Uh, let's start with the news of the game of the day, and then All we'll right. get into. I figure we go. You know, you got you got two conf- two divisions in each conference, right? You got two conferences, two div- your four divisions four in each divisions. conference. So we'll go. Yeah. We've got five hours, so we'll 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 put ours in uh, division. Mm-hmm. You know, two divisions each hour, and then we'll have the Super Bowl picks coming up in the. You got to stick with us with this. You're, I like it. You like that? No, maybe. Yeah. No, right, let's, let's, I, we got a lot to get into, so I, I want to. Yeah, I got a lot of details. You know, I got a lot of. I want your details. Random notes and nuggets to get this. into about these teams. So. All right. Well, we need well, time. Let's start with the. Um, let's start with uh, the news of the morning, and, and we'll get to Texas at the bottom of the hour. The Longhorns, and of course, playing uh, the uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Fairly big football game. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. Yes, sir. As we get closer to this game, what the, what the feeling is? What the pulse? You just heard from Nick Saban. Knows this Longhorn team is uh, is talented. And uh, maybe his team not as you know upper end talented as we've seen from other Alabama teams in the past. Uh, this game was a one point game one year ago. Longhorns currently a seven and a half point underdog according to Vegas. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain bottom of the hour. But as for the NFL news of the morning, mm-hmm. do we think Travis Kelsey will play tonight? I know we had we were on the, yeah, the not going to play side last yesterday, but word is they're going to work him out and see what his knee, what the uh, the stability of his knee is in in the pregame and. If he's good to go, he may play tonight uh, in this game against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't do it, but you pointed it out yesterday. He hasn't missed a game in what since two, 2013? 143 games in a it's row. Like, he's yeah, played. it's like twenty thirteen like or something. So it's, Iron Man. Yeah, so it, it could just be him. Maybe just a point of pride that no, man, I don't want to miss any games if I don't have to because I think I'm, I'm I would keep him out just as a kind of cautionary. Uh, like just taking, you know, being very cautious with them because you have a very long season, 17 games now. Um, but they want them to play. I mean, they're going to work them out. And maybe this is gamesmanship where they want the Detroit Lions to have to still game plan for Travis Kelsey up until, you know, the last, you know, moment where they actually have to announce whether he is eligible to play, what whether he's going to be on the active roster or not. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's... Uh, I don't know. That that to me is iffy. Maybe it's just not hurt as bad as they the reports indicate. That yeah. could also be it too. Like well, it's and a I bit thought, overblown. I thought it was kind of revealing from his brother Jason, and we played that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, in our in our seven o'clock hour, that his brother Jason was just happened to do his weekly radio hit in that WIP in Philadelphia uh, with that radio show yesterday morning, and they asked him about Travis, and he said, "No, nah, he's." He hyperextended it, but there's nothing structurally wrong. If the swelling can go down and the inflammation will go down, he, he may be able to go. And so you know, when you heard his brother, you know, it, it sounded not as severe as some of the reports 
the early reports indicated. Uh, so maybe he goes tonight. I mean, look, if it's structurally sound, then it's about wrap it up and it's a pain thing. Um, but you know that the that Patrick Mahomes wants him out there. He needs his number one receiver. Very true. Who's a tight end by label, but in the world of positionless football, he's a re, he's a he's a pass catcher, and yeah. he's one of the best pass catchers. However, he wherever he lines up, whatever you want to call him, he's one of the best pass catchers in all of football, and you know dominates the sport in that position like no one we've ever seen before. They need him out there. They need him out there because they got a <laughs> bunch of young receivers around him. Uh, the backup tight end's a guy Noah Gray. Their running backs are Isaiah Pacheco and uh, and Jerick McKinnon, so it's safe to say Patrick Mahomes need, needs his number one target out there mm, if he can nah, be there. If he can be there, I, I, I want to see him go full on Tom Brady with damn near no, <laughs> with like a lot of kind of no name targets out there. Just turn some defensive turn, guys to offense. Turn, turn some guy exactly. <laughs> turn some guy into a superstar out of nowhere. It's like who's going to end up being the Julian Edelman and the you know the the random star that breaks out. Because Patrick Mahomes turns him into a star because he needs a receiver. I do want to see Patrick Mahomes because he's done a lot of unbelievable things. I want to see what he could do without two of the three best players on the team. Because Chris Jones, even though he says he can play tomorrow if they sign a deal, he did say that uh, they, they don't seem like right now they're close to signing that deal. Um, and now you have at least you had another <laughs> precedent to it in the negotiations because of the Bosa deal that that was just signed. Yes. So Chris Jones probably like ah, you know look at that deal and just see even though uh, playing different positions but still Chris Jones wants a whole lot of money. So I I don't think that's gonna happen and I wouldn't play Travis Kelsey either. But I understand what you're saying about him being so integral to their offense. I mean, he's got the most receiving yards in the NFL since 2015. Like, just receiving yards, period. Not for a tight end. Just receiving yards, period. He's, Any position. Uh, he, he's, yes, he's actually working on his uh, eighth straight 1,000-yard oh, season as a tight end. No other tight end has even 4,000-yard seasons in their career, period. Let alone seven straight 1,000-yard seasons. He is by far and away. The greatest tight end in NFL history at this point. It is at least productive. Yeah, the most productive. You well, know, he's got he rings and he's got. I, uh, I think he's going to end up going down as a goat. Yeah, yeah, he that position. Done. I mean, he is. Uh, well, Gronk, Gronk's going to have a little case, but Gronk I'd has say a he's case. been more productive than Gronk actually. Yeah, which is well, crazy. You to just think. said it. He's 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 a tight end, yes, but he's a receiver, right? He's just such an athletic player. He's unguardable at the red zone, and and the combination. Perfect offense. Of, yeah, the perfect offense with the perfect coach, perfect with Andy Reid and. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes loves finding him. Uh, well, let's start there, Rod, because and we'll get into the to the Nick Bosa contract and how that impacts. It'll impact the Cowboys and Micah Parsons, um, you know, because because right now Nick Bosa is now the highest paid non quarterback in the league. You can expect mm-hmm. after you know this year that Micah Parsons is going to want more than that if he has he the will. year everybody expects him to have. That impacts everybody on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, gosh, over $120 million in guaranteed money uh, for the pass rusher with the 49ers, but they needed to get him in camp. Well, let's start. If we're going to go two divisions an hour, let's start with the AFC West since we have the the Chiefs in action tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go AFC West and AFC South, bottom of the AFC Conference, the American Football Conference. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are the Chiefs going to win this division again? Do they have a tier in that division? Chargers, no. Broncos, Raiders? Anybody can anybody chase the Chiefs, or is it just all Chiefs again? They've dominated that division dominated. to a huge level yep. uh, since Andy Reid and then Patrick Mahomes have been in combo there. Yeah, and even before Patrick Mahomes got there. Yeah, even with just Andy Reid there with Alex Smith, they were dominating that division. Um, yeah, I I don't see honestly them having a peer in that division. I mean, we could go through some of the stats about how dominant Kansas City's been, but 
people know that already. <laughs> they've been they've been truly a dominant force. I I don't see uh, anybody in that division. Now you got the Chargers who have a new offensive coordinator, and they're loading up on weapons for Justin Herbert. That's going to be big because uh, that's one thing. And Kellen Moore with his new offensive system, you think about the leaps that quarterbacks have made in recent years where you're talking about you know, Jalen Hurts recently and the leap that he made, Joe Burrow's leap that he made. Uh, usually there is uh, an infusion of offensive talent associated with that, and the Chargers have done that. Um, they got Austin Eckler back, at least for the time being. He's just gruntled. But uh, drafting Quentin Johnson, another big body wide receiver. TCU. Uh, yeah, from that core, that that may end up being a problem <laughs> well, I mean, uh, for a lot of defenses in that in that division. Well, and the Chargers, you know, have a, have a, a quarterback in Justin Herbert who's historically, statistically, historically great. Yeah. But the wins and losses. I mean, the playoff loss they had last year when they were up twenty eight to nothing or whatever the score was, uh, embarrassing losses. Jacksonville came back and beat them. That they, they find a way to lose games, and they can't stay healthy. I mean, those are the two things I think about when I think about the Chargers. They have talent, but their coach gambles too much, and I don't know if he's ready to be a primetime head coach. They, they lose games they should win, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, they get hurt a lot. Like the, the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you know, they're, their best players seem to get hurt. Uh, gosh, Derwin James, I mean, can he play a full season? These are all huge questions. Meanwhile, the Chiefs. Have won seven straight division titles. They're going for eight in a row in that division, Rod. Like I said, that's pre that's pre Mahomes. That's that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's impossible not to pick them to win the division. Yeah. You tell someone because Denver has got Sean Payton now. They're you know trying to reclimate Russell Wilson, uh, but they've got speaking of injuries, Jerry Judy's hurt. Um, you know they're the, the, one of their lead receiver Denver when they open their season this weekend is Marvin Mims, a rookie out of Oklahoma. They got Cortland Sutton there from SMU. But who's who's Russell Wilson throwing to? Mm. They're banking on a big year from Javante Williams, their running back who got hurt last year. I just can't I can't buy into Denver even with Sean Payton and then the Vegas Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Evans. There's nobody that has the the substance and nobody has Patrick Mahomes, so they're gonna win that division. Yeah, the Chargers who should be the challenger, right? That that's they they look like they are perfectly situated right now to challenge Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the division if there is gonna be a challenger. Um, Justin Herbert, his record, how about this? He's 25-25 and 25 as a starter. Right. But his record in comeback opportunities in the fourth quarter or overtime, that's mean when you're basically down a one possession in the fourth quarter, 10-14. and 14. Oh. Um, Yeah, and you know, Patrick Mahomes is 50, he's over 51%, <laughs> just to give you a lot of a, a little gauge there. But he, he's 19-4, and four, though, when the Chargers allow fewer than 27 points. You told you he was 25-25, but 19-4 and four when the Chargers allow fewer than 27 points. And to me, that's on, the, that's on Brandon Saley, right. uh, the de- who was a defensive-minded head coach. Um, and that's why I think he brought in Kellen Moore, to you know, because he he wants, I think he wants even more points. Remember, the, the Cowboys are ba- they were basically the best offense in the NFL since 2019. If you're just looking at points per game, when Dak Prescott is the starter, that I think Brandon Staley has kind of given up on. Man, maybe we can be a defensive minded, defensive oriented model, and now he wants to just score some points. And the defense will not be the identity of the team, but they'll be the complementary kind of piece. Is there where so, the offense is? Ty, are you picking the Chiefs in that division as well? Is there anybody? Do we think one of these other three teams will make the playoffs? Is there another playoff team in the AFC West? The Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Chargers, if there's going to be mm-hmm. one. It'll be them. Okay, let's go to the AFC South. I mean, these are the two probably the easiest divisions to pick in my mind. E- easiest meaning that there's a, there's a clear favorite in both because the Chiefs have won seven straight. They're the favorites to win an eighth straight. 
when does the Chris Jones holdout get get settled becomes a question as well in my mind with the Chiefs. But they're going to need him. You wonder if they let him sit out seven games and just get him after week eight and go on with him. But uh, in the in the AFC <laughs> South, it's Jacksonville, right? I mean, Jacksonville looks like the the clear favorite over Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Houston. You know, by the way, Houston took another piece of bad news yesterday. Titus Howard, their right tackle, on IR. Yep. That broken hand that he suffered early in training mm-hmm. camp they thought would, would heal and be fine, didn't heal. So now he's on IR. They have three of their starting five offensive linemen on injured reserve to start the season. Kenyon Green, Juice Scruggs, and now Titus Howard. They only have two healthy of their starting offensive line when they go to Baltimore on Saturday yeah. or Sunday. That's rough. It's going to be a rough start for C.J. Stroud. Uh, can, can you pick anybody but Jacksonville in that division, Ron? Uh, no, right now, I'm a heavy lean to Jacksonville, especially with them getting Calvin Ridley back. Basically, they're ad- adding a number one wide receiver to that uh, offensive, uh, kind of offensive repertoire, uh, that, uh, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence have. I, I think they're going to actually take another step this year. And they actually, Jaguars haven't made back to back playoffs uh, in a long time, I believe, since like 1996 to 1999 was around that time. Uh, and they haven't had back to back winning seasons since 04, 05. I think they break both of those streaks uh, this year. I think they end up making the playoffs. Uh, I think they win the division. And I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is in a discussion for being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think he takes, because this team is so talented and offensively, I think he takes another step too. Might even be in that conversation for MVP. Yeah, agreed on that. Uh, and I don't think there's another playoff team in that division. I don't. I mean, unless Tennessee has this surge mm. with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, they've added DeAndre Hopkins, but they're a very old team in their skill positions, and I don't. I just don't see it out of Tennessee. I think they missed their window a couple years ago when they were the number one overall seed in the AFC for Mike Vrabel. I just don't. And in Houston, we you know, if you told me Houston had a, a healthy offensive line to start the season, I'd give them a chance to not make the playoffs, but at least be competitive. I think they might get overwhelmed by uh, Rod here. Oh, young quarterback, rookie quarterback. With with, with, a, with a banged up offensive ba- line <laughs> to start the year in Baltimore and <sighs> first few games, that's rough. Jacksonville, I agree with you. Uh, you going Jacksonville there, Ty, or do you have a sleeper pick? I don't know. I think Tennessee, they were pretty, you know, hit hard by injuries last year. I think was last year the year where they used, like, yeah. the most players ever in NFL history in one season. Yeah, they were banged up. And, and we'd look, if Ryan Tannehill's healthy and Derrick Henry's slugging the ball mm. up there, they were, and then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins on play action. But they just seem old to me. Uh, I mean, for it, as good it, as Trevor Lawrence looks, there's points where he does look terrible. He looked terrible well, in that first half right? in that playoff game last he year. He did. He's a young quarterback. But as as Rod said, Calvin Ridley's there, right? He was, mm, he's got more weapons now. They man. traded for him quietly while he was suspended for gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, here he is to go with Christian Zay Kirk. Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Ooh. And their backfield is Travis, Travis Etienne. Etienne. A lot of people think he's ready for a breakout <laughs> That's a lot of weapons, year. Man. That's Tank, a, Tank, Tank Bigsby, the young back out of Auburn, mm-hmm. they and like no, a lot as a power back. No to be a Doug compliment. Peterson can call plays, though. And their, and their defense is, is, is pretty good. It's a playmaking defense. And, again, that division, I mean, the, 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 the Houston games, the Indianapolis games, those should be very, very winnable for them. They just – I like young legs over old legs, Jacksonville over Tennessee in that division. T- Tennessee, I, I, I like what Ty is saying, though, because I think Vrabel's a hell of a coach. I do, so too. I won't just, you know, count them out. But, man, they were they were 0 for – 0 and 9 uh, versus uh, teams with winning records last year, which is – Not good. Not good. That's the worst record for any team since 2015. Like, that's really bad. So I wonder if now, yeah, they may need to, like you said, they missed their window, maybe trying to, to, re, to reinvent ten, Tennessee Titans football, whatever that may be. And, and if I remember correctly, they were kind of the opposite of the Detroit Lions where they lost, like, 
nine of their last ten games. They did. Yeah, well, they remember they got apart. hurt, right? Tano yeah. got hurt, and then they were going with the young quarterback out of Liberty who wasn't ready to play. They were bad at that position, and you can't win in the NFL if you're bad at quarterback uh, against good teams, without a doubt. All right, play along with us. 337-3776 is our Specs text line. Who do you got, Denver, KC, L- Vegas, or, or L.A. in the West? Uh, do you have anybody but Jacksonville in the South? We'll go division by division, hour by hour, over our five here on uh, Ian Rodby on Hook'em Up. Uh, we've got Jacksonville and Kansas City as kind of the, the easiest two picks of these divisions. The rest, they get harder when you get to the AFC North and more difficult when you get to the AFC East. And then we'll go to the NFC and talk Cowboys uh, as we preview the NFL and the NFL season which coming. We won't forget about the Longhorns in Alabama, though. Coming back, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, what's the latest? Two days out to Texas and Alabama. Rod's been doing the deep dive study of the Alabama Crimson Tide, getting ready for this matchup on Saturday night. We're coming back with that, plus... Uh, We'll play to get some what the facts before the end of the hour. Just getting warmed up here on Ian Rod B. Hook him up with Ian Rod B. <laughs> Several people said I got attacked like hell by a jellyfish. Oh, see, how far are you were you in the ocean? Remember, I got rules on this. If you're deep out there, it's it's their home. So you're in their territory. I only go nipple deep into the ocean. I, I respect it too much. They're nipple deep too. This <laughs> says uh, nipple deep. I promise you that. Nipple deep in any ocean is actually too deep, Rod B. <laughs> Hook him up with he and Rod B. Morning 6 to 11 on the horn. Viking Fence. Viking Fence is the... uh Brings you this hour, and uh, what a great partner for us here on uh, Ian Rod B and the Horn, of course. Uh, great, great people over there. For 50-plus years, Viking Fence has been the uh, premier fence company in Austin, Texas. Any project, uh, any needs you have, whether it's a wood privacy fence, commercial or residential, uh, iron fences, iron gates, handrails, uh, something for your home or business there as well. And as I always tell you, their, their, their dedication over 50 years is the commitment to bring you the highest quality fencing in Austin and beyond. Well, how do they do that? They, they understand to, to be involved and be in control every step of the process from in step, inception to inst- installation, right? They don't run down to the lumber yard to get the lumber for your wood privacy fence they, or the big box store. They mill it in their own on-site lumber mill. They control that raw material, which, which creates for you the uh, best, best quality, the highest quality, and the best value when it's time to, uh, to get that fence done. That's what it's about. It's why Viking Fence puts the longest warranties on any project and any fence that they do. You can also get your building materials from Viking Fence if you want to go that route. Do it yourself, but get all of that uh, your fence posts and pickets there at Viking Fence, that Big Tex brand of lumber, which is superior to anything you're going to find at the lumber yard at the box store. I promise you that. Milled in their own on-site lumber mill and pre-stained with Viking Fence. Phone number is there, 837-6411. It's 837-6411. Or find them online. That website is always great. you got the gallery of work, all of their divisions. And you get a quote there, finance your project, learn about their current promotions. It's all at vikingfence.com. And always remember, uh, if you have a fence project, there is one name uh, in Austin, Texas, throughout Central Texas, and throughout the great state. And if you're looking for a fence, it's a Viking fence. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Ian Rod B, focus squarely on uh, the big weekend of college football, but also today we'll make our NFL division-by-division predictions, who's going to the championship games in each conference and who is going 
to the Super Bowl. We'll reveal that as we go. We've already picked the Chief Week consensus on the Chiefs and Jaguars in the AFC West and easy. South. Everybody, yeah. is there anybody who's going to pick anybody other than the Chiefs in that division? Seriously, though. If that's I think not you'd a charge. silly say. not to. Like you said, would you say eight straight division uh, winners, division titles for them, I should say? It's like picking anybody but the Astros in the AL West. Oh, oh sorry, Ty. Sorry, Ty. Wow. Did I do that too soon? It's not over yet. Too soon? Wow. It's a lot of baseball left. Uh-oh. He, he, he's feeling cocky. 39 he's, to 10? Yeah, they, they put it on him. They, they, I don't know why they're doing this to the Rangers. I don't know why they're making history. Uncle. They're making history, exactly. Like, the Rangers want to tap out. They put... Oh, man. I, I can't believe it. I can't man, believe it. It looks like Adolis Garcia is going to be out a while, too. I know. It's just insult to injury. Well, now they're, now as we wake up this morning, the man. Rangers just got humiliated for three nights, and now they're Ooh. out of the playoffs right now. The, 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 the Blue Jays have passed them for the wild card. So, Well, thankfully, the A's did their job and beat the Blue Jays last night. Yeah, but the Blue Am Jays I picking are, the night? But the Blue Jays back. are still a half game up. Mm-hmm. I know, but hey, it was, that game went under by a run, by the way. That's so, right. You had the back, pick of the night. Back. And that's all you care about is your pick, your yes, gambling. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but yes. Sorry about that, Ty. And oh, the Ranger fans. But yeah, it's the a, Astros we'll, are, are flexing. We'll get into that what the point. facts, but yeah, that's some bad, some history being made, and it's a bad kind well, of thing. And, and uh, you know, excited for the Astros. At the same time, the pitching for the Rangers are just awful. Ooh. I mean, the Astros, I mean, they were leaving pitches up in the zone, up over the middle of the plate. I mean, you got to execute pitches. You can't just throw it, you know, it was, it was bad. Max Scherzer <laughs> even last night. Just throwing meatballs. Okay, well, uh, we'll get back to the NFL. Coming up top of the next hour, we'll go to the other side, to the top of the AFC, Rod. We'll hit the AFC North and the AFC uh, East, the two toughest oh, divisions of yeah. the AFC. The AFC where East is going to be. feels like there are eight teams of those two divisions that you know, could, could win the division. Uh, you're going to you know, pick them out of a hat. Uh, and then it kind of feels like you got several teams in there that they could go to the Super Bowl, at least challenge the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, whereas we in the South and the West, feels like it's Jaguars and Chiefs all the way. Uh, and both of those teams' heavy favorites. Uh, all right, let's dive into the though, talk Texas and Alabama. The college football weekend is uh, quickly approaching. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, getting closer to uh, Texas-Bama, and we have, I think we've analyzed this matchup from almost every every angle that you can. At this point, I think we're just kind of diving into the details. Sure. Uh, the belief is that, at least my belief, I say the belief, my belief, is that Sark has, has pretty much been game planning for this game the entire offseason. Yeah. And uh, even X-Men and some of the other guys, they've hinted to that too, that, you know, hey, man, we've been working on this Bama stuff for a long time. Um, and we know the game plan against Rice was intentionally vanilla um, and lacked creativity. I, I went back and looked at one of my uh, tweets after the Bama game from last season um, and found out that Sark used eight different personnel groupings. He yeah. was really in his bag. I mean, you, I, I don't know if we had a more creative opening script for any game for Sark than that Bama game. Can you think of one? No. But the opening script was more creative, well, and innovative, that had more... Like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Just eye test. It, it's, the, it's the great chess match. I mean, obviously, Sark has great respect for Nick Saban, learned a lot from Nick Saban, and, you know, you just heard in our update headlines at the top of the hour, Nick Saban uh, knows that Texas nearly beat them last year, and they might be more talented this year. Uh, but, yeah, that, that script... You know, he knows what the rules on the with the structural rules on defense for Nick Saban are, right? I mean, what are the what are you? And likewise, yeah. Do exactly do your assignment. <laughs> know your role. Know your assignment. Play your position. Yeah. And Sark, you know, can can kind of play to that. Try to break the rules, right? Try to force them out of their comfort on the defensive side of the ball. It's such a, a fundamentally sound uh, defense. But you're right. Nick Saban's going to have something new, right? You, you've talked about the three high 
three down defenses. You go to some of that, the, the pressure packages, the amoeba fronts, the ghost fronts, all the things that have given Texas trouble and Quinn Ewers trouble in uh, the last you know, four or five games, you got to think Nick Saban is going to break a lot of that out and, and, and make them make them beat it. And against Alabama, you're doing it against, you know, some of those – this isn't Rice. I mean, these are superior athletes, superior players, and a superior coach. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, like I said, when, when, I, when you watch Nick Saban, you don't see many of the amoeba fronts, uh, but uh, I think for this game, he would break out some of those things that have clearly on film given Texas trouble. That is one of them. Uh, they don't necessarily run the three high, three down defense, but I wouldn't doubt if you saw it in this game. Listen, Rice didn't major or minor in it, and Rice broke it out versus Texas. Why? Because, well, if you watch enough film on Texas, do enough research, you realize that Sark's offense, that's his, that's his schematic kryptonite. Right, because it turns Sark into Steven. It's like <laughs> Superman into Clark Kent. It, it, and, and that the stats would bear that out. In Logan fans, I test, Logan fans would tell you that too. So I wouldn't doubt if Nick Saban had a little something different, uh, you know, in, in his holster ready to go for Sark because they know each other. Now, if you want to beat Nick Saban, it does help to really know him, right? The two coach, two former assistants that, that have beaten him have been what Jimbo Fisher and Kirby Smart. Yep. And I know Kirby Smart was with him longer than any of his other assistants. Um, I'm not sure how long Jimbo Fisher was with Nick Saban. I know it was a while, um, but also they go way, way back too. Yeah. Um, so he knows. LSU like, days. Yes, exactly. I beat Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher right. when I was playing at Texas in that my last game at yeah. Texas actually uh, in the Cotton, Cotton Bowl against Bowl. LSU. They had a great staff. Will Muschamp was on that staff. Jimbo Fisher was on that staff. They won a national title the very next year. Yeah, you after got, I you, left. That was the Roy Williams huge game at the oh, Cotton Bowl. The, man, we put it on him. We put it on him. The Chris did. Sims tore him oh, up. Oh man, that was a great. We wanted to send that you know that knock my, my class out in style. That was a great game. Uh, wasn't gonna lose my last game at Texas. Hell no. Hell yeah, who 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 are we going up against? Uh, but anyway, um, so I don't. I, Sark wasn't with him that long, right? Sark was with him for like three years. He was with him as an analyst. Well, then he went it, to Alabama, it, or he it, went to Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons, and came back. And then he came back for what? Those two years. Two years. Two years, I believe, it was. Now we just need to hope that Sark was able to gain and was able to extract. Just tons of information and wisdom from Nick Saban so that he knows him. Traditionally, the guys that beat Nick Saban were with him either a long time or they go way back with him. Yeah. There's only been two of them. So <laughs> now like we got a lot of got you know a lot of samples well, to choose from there. So hopefully Sark has something that in his, you know, in his uh, you know, right now in his game plan that that really is something Nick Saban wouldn't expect and something that he has identified as a weakness of Nick Saban, which he ain't got many weaknesses. He's the GOAT. Well, and <laughs> he is the GOAT, and they've only lost five games there since yes. 2008. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, the last time was Joe Burrow in 2019. Can Quinn can, uh, can Ewers, you know, play a, a, an upper-level game? And as you've documented all week long, and the quick passing game has to be a part of it. Uh, you know, as much as the numbers say don't do it, they're going to have to hit a deep shot or two uh, just because it's going to – you've got to loosen up that defense. If you don't even try to throw the deep ball – and down the field, then they're going to play in a, in a you know fifteen twenty foot realm and try to jump all the quick routes and you know try to try to beat you, and you know suffocate those those quick passes. Um, and in can Texas generate a run game, a, a traditional run game with Jonathan Brooks and or C.J. Baxter? That's going to be critical in this game. But at the same time, I, I think we talk too much about Quinn Ewers in the offense. Texas is traveling with a really good defense, and that really good defense I think is better this year than it was last year. And last year they gave Alabama a hell of a time. Uh, on the defensive line, and they're you know getting after them up front, and uh, that that can you know you you said it earlier in the week, Rod. Defense travels, 
And if that defense with Pete Kwiatkowski, um, you know, keep, can keep Texas in this game and if they, they don't turn the football over on offense, I don't know if Texas can win this game, but I do, I do like the seven and a half points, I'll tell you that, because I think it's going to be a close football game when it's all said and done come fourth quarter. But kind of like, uh, you know, picking the Chiefs in the West, you know, history now tells you that if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, you might want to pick the opponent uh, in that spot. But I'll take the seven points. Yeah, I mean, Texas truly – that's the test, right? They have not proven under Sark to be a four-quarter, fourth-quarter team. No. Last year, they outscored in the fourth quarter and overtime, even though they outscored their opponents by 179 points combined in the first three quarters. And like you said, history will tell you that if you're going to beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa, it, you want to do it in the fourth quarter. You want to do it by taking that game uh, and really earning that win in the fourth quarter somehow. And also, history will tell you, your quarterback's going to have to play a hell of a game. Even if he's not a transcendent player, he's going to have to have a transcendent performance in that game. That means you got to get Quinn Ewers in the group. And I you know, since we're we're at the point now, we're talking about like details and, you know, the the chess match within the game. Sark wants to run RPOs. Hell, uh, Quinn Ewers was 7-of-7 seven seven on RPO throws versus Rice. He calls his offense passing game an RPO-based passing game. Nick Saban knows that. Nick Saban's been obsessed with defending the RPOs, and he claims that man coverage is just the best coverage against RPOs, period. So it, at least you know that chess match starts there. Sark wants to run RPOs, and Saban's going to defend the RPOs with man coverage, and what's the next move by... Sark, now that he knows that, if you can get them in man coverage anticipating that, that's when you can have your man beaters. You can have your crossing routes, your drag routes. You can have your bunch formations, run some rub routes, some pick routes, uh, and, you know, figure out exactly how he's going to defend those RPOs. And also, I think one of the the other things about, and we I'll talk about this later on too, best way to win big games is to break tendency because big games, teams have been doing a lot of research for months because they anticipate that if it's an offseason, you've got a big game in the regular season, like Texas has done, they start do, doing Alabama prep in, you know, in the offseason, sure. months ahead of time. Uh, and, and for those big games, so the only way for you to actually win it is to break tendency because all of your tendencies, the trends, your patterns, your habits, they're all going to be like, like Robbie has. They're all going to be on paper somewhere, given out to a coaching staff. They do, they do this 70% of the time. These are their tendencies in these situations. So what you do is you use that information against your opponent. That's right. Things that they are starting to think, all right, they, in this situation, they always run this play out of this formation with this personnel, and you got to pick and choose. All right, cherry pick those really isolated situations and moments where you know that within the chess match, your opponent is going to be expecting and anticipating a certain coverage, a certain play, and then that's how you get them. Rob that, Babers. How you win big games. Absolutely. Break tendency. Break tendency. And you've had months to do it. Yep. And uh, that's one of the, the frustrating parts of last year's game where Quinn Ewers got hurt. It felt like Texas had uh, had hit on some things. And then all of a sudden the quarterback's hurt. And then Hudson yeah. Card's in the game. And he gets hurt. Yep. Game plan changes. And then it was just kind of a, uh, you know, survive. a survive wrestling yeah. match the rest <laughs> of the way. It, yeah. And in the end, Bryce Young won it. And one of these quarterbacks, Jalen Milrow or Quinn Ewers, have to win it for their football team. One in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll do some What the Facts, including that Astros historic pummeling of the Rangers. Also some other facts from around the sports world. We'll get back into our NFL picks as well. We're going AFC North and AFC East after the top of the hour. It's Ian Rod B. on a Thursday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, sports.
the horn. Talking Texas Bama, college football weekend, and uh, looking forward to it. NFL season starts tonight in Kansas City. Chiefs will work out Travis Kelsey this morning, apparently, in a workout on the field and see where he's at and make a determination from there. He's officially listed as questionable. But if you're a Travis Kelsey fantasy football owner or fan, uh, keep an eye on that today. Uh, will he play or not? Probably one of those game time decisions. Rod Baber's on record saying, "Don't no, risk it. Don't do it. Don't no. risk the biscuit. Mm-mm. Ain't worth it. Seventeen games. Seven long of time. season. It's only September the seventh. And you, you got, got Patrick uh, Mahomes. You got the ultimate band aid for anything. Yeah, you do. For any issue, you Lose do. You. <laughs> and you're playing at home. Where, and you're uh, playing at home. And you're playing yeah. Detroit. But again, hey, thank you. It's your mama's Detroit Lions now. And yeah. then Rod B's Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's where you played uh, a little bit. Yeah. How long were you in, in Motown? Well, it's Motown about two, two, two years. Almost two, yeah, two seasons. Yeah. Motown. Okay. Uh, it's, well, and that's there longer than any, any, other, any other place. That's a, that's a good place to start just the facts. What the facts here on Ian Rod B? It is a fact that last year the Detroit Lions got off to a miserable one and uh, six start. They won they, in their first seven games, they were one and six. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, one and six. Their only win came against Washington in week two. Then they lost the Cowboys, and then the Dolphins beat them. They were one and six, but they finished the year eight and two, Rod. Their last ten games, they won eight of them. They won. They beat Chicago and Green Bay at the end of last season. They nearly made the playoffs. He did. As Dan Campbell figured some things out defensively, got that offense going, and that's why the Detroit Lions have become a trendy pick here and a trendy team to start, and we'll preview that division coming up in our 7 o'clock hour. But, um, you know, don't sleep on the Lions. They were red hot at the end of last year. They've added pieces, and Dan Campbell's team feels like they're they're poised to take another step. But if you're playing the Chiefs in Kansas City, they're going to raise their banner and mm. get some rings and, you know, then yeah. again, it's a, t- it's a tough – it's, it's a top three offense, though. Uh, they have some, they, they've been working on their defense all offseason. That offense, it can it can go, and they got Jameer Gibbs. They got another weapon. They had, it, it was already a top three offense from last season. They added another weapon. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs – Amon Ross mm-hmm. St. Brown. Now, if they had Jamison Williams, remember the uh, receiver out of Alabama who was hurt last year and then oh, came yeah. back at the end of last year. Now he's out for the first several ah, games because the of the gambling suspension. stuff. Yeah. If they had him, it would be even more dynamic. It would be crazy. But they've, got, uh, they've mm. got some talent offensively, good offensive line, no Chris Jones for the Chiefs. This should be an intriguing game. What else do you have in just the facts, my friend? Uh, let's get to some of these facts about the Astros. Oh, my um, gosh. Man, the Astros – are uh, they are the second major league baseball team in the modern era to outscore their opponents by eight plus runs per game over a span of eight road games? The other was the they Yankees. They like the gift, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. The Yankees was the other one in 1939. Got to go all the way back to 1939 to find the Yankees. How's here's another one. Astros related. The Astros are the first team in major league baseball history to score 12 plus runs and hit five plus homers in three straight games. Oh my gosh! Never that, happened that, before. Did that again, making history against the Rangers. Uh, you know the the game last night was Verlander Scherzer. It was supposed to be a marquee matchup. That matchup between Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, a couple of a couple of Hall of Famers to be. Their 467 combined career wins were the most by a duo entering a starting pitching matchup since Greg Maddox and Barry Zito in 2008. You had to go back all the way to 08 to get a matchup of two pitchers head to head who had had accumulated that many major league wins. Greg Maddox, Barry Zito. Uh, pretty awesome. One note out of football, Rod, the, uh, the the Nick Boza deal. Give it to me. Nick Boza, now the highest paid non-quarterback in the history of pro football. Seventy uh, Five-year deal, $170 million extension. His 43-day holdout is over. How about this? A $122.5 million guaranteed payout. 
So it's, it's like a quarterback deal for Man. a pass rusher. Nick Bose is one of five players to have multiple 15-sack seasons in his first four years in the league since individual sacks became official in 1982, Rod. One of five players to have multiple 15 or more sack seasons in his first four years. Mm. He's the anchor of that defense. And since they've drafted Nick Boza, the 49ers have not finished outside the top five in total defense in the National Football League. How about that fact? Yeah, and he you don't, I mean, you can, you can pay your DN like that or your best defensive player like that when you're paying your quarterback pennies now on the dollar. Yeah, Brock Purdy, last pennies. pick of the draft. Yeah, exactly. And you're going you're to be paying him like that for the next, what, two years? So and they've traded Trey Lance. They've been able to extend their window a little bit yeah. uh, well, as, a champ- as a franchise for a championship. Yeah, there's cheap quarterbacks, and then there's Pat, Pat Brock Purdy, who oh, when you're man. the last pick of the seventh round. He's Easily the lowest paid starting quarterback in the league. And no question, by far. Actually. No question. And you're right. You well think about it. They, they they they've got you know big contracts to their left tackle to now Nick Boza to Fred Warner their their middle linebacker who's among the best middle linebackers in the league. They're uh, you know Debo Samuel got a big new deal. Christian McCaffrey's among the highest paid running backs in the league. Um, you know you you just got George Kittle locked up to a big contract. So yes, you you've got a loaded roster. The window is now for the Forty ers Rod. Yes, well, it is, brother. It is now because. You've got the best. I mean, you're you're loaded, uh, and now you have a quarterback who you believe in, who is not costing you much money at all. Yeah, now they, I'm with you. They got the, uh, probably two more years of this before they got to think about, you know, paying Brock Purdy and that kind of stuff. But right now, you have first world problems for uh, the 49ers. Well, they don't have to worry about playing. I mean, Brock, they can they can you know let Brock Purdy play out his contract and franchise tag him. They've got four years of control of that player at least from here on out. So if he performs, they're in a good place. And they're not even allowed to talk contract with him, Rod, until after year three. Yeah, your hope is that you have to at the, at, you have to extend him as early as possible. That would mean that he's playing really well. Yeah. Now you don't if you if you're dragging it out, that means you're not sure about him and he's not playing that well. You'd like you to be he he to be a player that pushes you into the Super Bowl and can put you over the top and win the Super Bowl. And then you're like, all right, we're thinking about extending Purdy as soon as possible. That's why that you know it would work out in that timeline if he's playing really well. If he's not. Then that's some big. They got bigger fish to fry. Then ugly. ugly. <laughs> it's, it's gonna get real ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if it works out, they're one of the teams to beat in the NFC, along with Philadelphia and maybe Dallas. We'll predict that coming up in our seven o'clock hour. It says time to check that Astro trash can beater again. Come on now, you watch the game. Mm. How many really good pitches did the Astros hit for home runs? Not many. That was some garbage pitching by the Texas Rangers. I mean, there were balls hanging in zones. Rod could have hit a home run. It's a lot of baseball left. Yeah, that's where you're tra- wow. that's what's in your trash can. Some terrible Rangers Rangers pitches. I mean, <laughs> golly. I mean, it was just up in the zone, heart of the plate. It was not good execution on the pitcher's mound by the Texas Rangers. Bruce Bochy just scratching his head in the dugout. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it's going to be uh, the headlines quickly, and then we'll get back into our NFL previews. We're going division by division. We've already picked the Chiefs and the Jaguars in the AFC Uh, West and South. Who do we have in the AFC North and East? We'll tell you next here on Ian Rodby.